0: From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
2: Hello and welcome to the Sonic Society. I'm your host, David Alt. Unfortunately, Jack is playing with gadgets right now, and I have only a short time to tell you that we've been given permission by Jeffrey Gardner of Our Fair City to play you, get this, the entire first season remastered as one amazing audio drama. Now, it's a long one, but sit back, relax and enjoy, because it's good. Oh, and don't forget, this week is a new Biff Straker on Friday. Yep, I'm looking forward to it as well. Anyway, on with the show. Loyal Policies, welcome
3: to Our Fair City. My name is Jeffrey Gardner. I'm Heartlife's executive producer. What you are about to hear is season one of Our Fair City in its entirety, remastered and re-recorded as a single episode. Later seasons will have a slightly different format. Each will be made up of 10 to 20 shorter episodes, usually between about 10 and 20 minutes in length. So, with no further ado, we hope you enjoy season one of Our Fair City, and as always, we'll see you in the tunnels.
4: Tonight's special broadcast is brought to you by the company you depend upon for all of your greatest needs Heart Life. These stories are true dramatizations from Our Fair City's glorious history. So, listen and remember Heart Life all the life you'll ever need Out here in the ruins of old New England you don't calculate your chances of survival you have none A bitter wind tears across the tundra friendless and spiteful until it breaks against the side of a monolithic structure The Heart Life Tower is the only building for miles, erupting out of the snow and stretching impossibly high towards the iron-gray underbellies of the dark clouds overhead. To Nathan Rourke, lying at the base of the mighty structure, the wind whispers death. He lies face down in the snow, clutching a tattered book. Blood from his leg has melted into the snow, carving a deep red ravine he is alone but not for long a nearby hatch swings open and a figure emerges his long coat heavy boots and thick scarf trailing behind him in the wind mark him as a worker on the lightning rigs one of those bold or foolish enough to brave the stormy skies above this frozen valley to gather lightning for the city his name is Jack Showbook, sir. Nice
5: of you to come. Can I get you something? Some snow, perhaps? Or maybe you'd care for some of my blood.
6: Nice! Now shut up and get your ass inside!
4: Nathan is too weak to move. Jack takes him by the front of his shirt and pulls him inside. <laughs> They move slowly through a long tunnel, down into the hive of narrow passages and nooks that make up the city for the unwashed masses. Above ground, privileged corporate executives live and work in well-lit offices with soft carpeting and bathrooms tiled in warm stone, while the likes of Jack and Nathan hunch in damp, oil-stained passages and shiver with cold. Does this hurt? Ow! Yes, it hurts. What about this? Ow! Yeah? Yeah, cut it out! Okay, hold still
6: a minute. What are you... Your leg's gonna be fine. You're welcome. Warn me when you're gonna do that! Oh, come on. It's just a broken leg. How bad can it be?
4: Nathan leans on Jack's shoulder as he limps down the hall. In the central areas, doors and alcoves are numbered. But out here, things are less... Official. Jack leads them through the twisting corridors and through doorways warped by years of settling earth and changing geology.
6: I'm lost. That's the idea. Lucky strikes orders. This way no one can follow us. it would have to be crazy to try. This far out, the tunnels aren't very stable. And if a cave-in doesn't get you, there are uh, other dangers. If you believe in that sort of thing. Here we are. All right, shut the door, dammit, I got the creeps. Better that than the reverse, right? Right? Now let me see it. I hope this was worth it. It was worth it if we say it was worth it. I bet Lucky didn't even tell
5: you what it is.
6: It's a book. What kind of a book? I don't like you. It's a nursing textbook. Have you ever considered that a little medical knowledge might be of use in our line of work? Why don't you just go to a doctor? Why don't you? What are you gonna put down on your workplace accident form, huh? Point. Ow! Alright, I'll give you something for the pain. Let's see what I got... Hey! You hear Lucky got struck again? You believe that? No. It's true. Makes three. I swear, nothing will kill that man.
4: Let us leave young Nathan and his dubious mentor while they are yet warm and safe, for they will not be so for long, to journey up above the twisted and neglected warrens of Jack Shobuza's hideout, past tons of earth and stone, past the great pipes of steel and ducts of aluminum which deliver our air and our water, and into the bosom of heart life. Here it is warm, safe and grand. The damp and glistening streets of Level Zero lie at the heart of our fair city. Beneath the great vaulted foundation of the tower itself, the doors of a people-mover train squeak open halfway and then stop there a titanic pair of hands emerges from the gap and force the doors open. These are the hands of a man known to all policies of our great company, known to you, dear listener, as Neil Henderson. There you go, ma'am.
7: Thank you, son. Want some advice from an old woman? Of course. Take a bath.
4: Oh, Neil Henderson cannot help his smell. He is a putrescible waste collector, one of the best. He's come straight from work. He takes long strides in spite of his nervousness. Other policies give him a wide berth as he heads for the gleaming elevators on the concourse level. And it's not just because of his smell. A long-handled shovel glints on his back. His shoulders are broad and strong, The great man makes his way to a familiar doorway. He smiles at the beaded curtain which hangs there. Inside, there is a common room where some of Heartlife's own relations technicians wait to provide that essential service which, like all good things, comes to us from Heartlife itself. Human contact. Mm.
5: Allison? (gasps) Allison, you won't believe what happened. This is the big one. It's going to change everything for us.
8: Neil, I'm sorry. I'm working. I I won't be long.
5: It can't wait. It's too good. Hey, pal. You you just carry on there, friend. What? Neil. What? I I really don't mind. It's good news. I'm not going back to the
4: fields.
8: Why don't you step down the hall? Somebody else will be with you shortly.
4: Me? (laughs)
8: So, you're not going back to the fields?
5: No, and neither are you. Well, I mean, that is, you, you never did go down to the fields, but if you did, you wouldn't anymore. And where will you live? Huh? Here? No, I'm going to get my own place, a big place. And, Allie, I want you to live there with me.
8: Neil, calm down. What is going on? I found something in the fields. Here, look. It's great. What is it? It's a tube. I can see that. No, no, it's special. That I don't see.
5: No, see here. Look, it's lit up green here. And it beeps every hour. Neat. It's valuable. To who?
8: The company. Two suits came down to the fields looking for it. And you didn't return it to them? Neil, they'll find out.
5: No, no. I'm done with heart life. Neil! I mean it. If they can't spare a handful of nitrogen canisters to keep my whole crew alive, I don't see as how I owe them squat. If they want this, they can buy it off me. They'll take it off
8: your corpse first. Then I will sell it to someone else. Do you have any idea how valuable this tube is? No, and you don't either. It's probably dangerous.
5: Oh, what's it gonna do? Give me superpowers? This isn't a joke. You need to
8: turn it in. But, Allie... Don't you alley me. It goes straight to street safe. I...
2: Okay.
5: I just thought that this would be my chance to carve out a little something to call my own. Not spend the rest of my life shoveling Dookie for the company. It's silly. I thought I could make you proud of me. Tell me. What?
8: Tell me you're going to do it.
5: I am? I I, I, I am. I'm going to sell this this what's-it and I am going to make a life for myself. And? And we're going to share that life together and you are going to be proud of me. You're damn right. I'm going to walk right out of here and find someone to sell this thing to. You
8: don't have a buyer lined up?
5: I figured I'd just ask around.
8: Uh... Hey, I've got this contraband thing. Do you want to buy it?
5: Yeah, did you hear me practice in my line? <laughs>
8: you need my help.
5: I am a little out of my depth, yes.
8: Fine. First, we need to figure out what this thing is. And I know who can help. First thing tomorrow, you're going to go out the
4: front door. And so Allison and Neil sit down on the floor together. She talking of practicalities and the dangers of selling company property illegally. And he... Of a sweet life they might share. Many sweet nothings were exchanged that evening, and we shall leave what was said between the two of them, and the subtle microphones which record all that is said and done in our fair city. They talked far into the night, into the silent hours, when most every policy in the city slumbers, But when you and I go to bed, dear listener, there are some in the city who are just reporting to work. Deep in the bowels of the underground city, inhuman shadows shuffle forward, one after another, converging on the mammoth cave that serves as the morning meeting place of the mole people. Each fur-covered creature lurches forward to find that, yes, thank the director's... There is coffee.
3: espresso? <laughs> All right, come and get your assignments. Hot off the oh,
9: that's great.
3: I said move it, pups! You waiting for these caves to carve themselves? Oh. All right, Dig Team 5. The A-level tubes are getting congested. The Department of Transportation and Walking wants a bypass by the end of the day. Okay. And enough with the tunnel-shaping nonsense. We don't need any more badger-shaped junctions. A simple cloverleaf will do.
0: What's a cloverleaf?
3: Pete! Shaft 17 has collapsed again. I want your team to grab a durium support and head down there. But... I know we aren't supposed to use the durium supports except by special order, but I am sick of dealing with Shaft 17. Just keep it quiet and
0: get it done.
3: Sandy, play. A word. I've got another patch job for you both. Level 26, the end of Gary's Circle.
7: Isn't that...
3: Residents, yeah. I need you to be discreet. Get in, fix the hole, get out.
10: All right? Dismissed. This is a bit weird, isn't it?
7: How do you mean?
10: Well, this is the fifth patch job we've been sent on this month. Just seems like a lot is all...
7: You haven't heard heard what what the others are saying about the holes
10: No What Ant people Ant people yeah, and you believe that
7: that's what old silty said
10: old silty believes in a promised land of earthworms and Huddy
7: Pete believes him
10: you talked to Pete about this
7: Well, it came up during dinner
10: dinner is in just dinner, or dinner is in, like, uh, date?
7: Why does it matter? It
10: doesn't. Level 26. Doors opening. So what does Pete have to say?
7: Just that strange things have been going on down in the expansion tunnels. Noises from the other side of rock walls. Scraping. Digging. And then there's Shaft 17. What about it? It keeps collapsing for no reason. Supports are new. Structure sound. But we can't keep it open for more than a few weeks at a time. All this from a tunnel we didn't dig.
10: We find caves all the time.
7: Caves that conveniently go straight down to underground heat sources. Caves that line up perfectly with a number of other existing structures we also use.
10: Caves usually connect, hence the plural, caves.
7: What about the antenna Silty found?
10: You mean the rock? It
7: looks like an antenna.
10: It also looks like a rock. Okay, fine. Maybe you're right. Maybe there's a chance that deep in some forgotten part of the Earth... There might be ant people. Led by Hotfoot and his army of dirt serpents and abominable magmen. <laughs> no. No, I'm sorry. I, I can't. It's ridiculous. They don't exist. There's no such thing as ant people. Mole people. Hello? Danny, look out! <coughs> ah! oh! 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 Are... Are you okay?
7: Yeah, what was that?
11: Oh, moles. Well, come in. Oh my! <laughs> Is that an arm? Yeah. Is she almost done? Good. The hole's over there. Try not to get in the way. Uh, yes, sir. Initial Investigation into the Disturbance at 999 Gary Circle by Agent George Chamberlain. Entry to the domicile was made via previously unknown tunnel leading up to the living room. Perpetrators broke through the wall, creating a circular opening eight feet in diameter. The Hopkins were at home at the time of the incident. Scraps of wicker basket, a torn blanket, and algae bar wrappers indicate evidence of a picnic. The algae rations themselves are missing, presumed taken by the assailants. The significance of this is not yet known. At least one of the Hopkins appears to have been killed in the attack. Estrogen levels in the blood at the scene suggest the wife. Remains consist of one arm discarded behind the ottoman, the rest again taken by the assailants. Writing on the wall, there is only one queen. A reference to the fact that Mrs. Hopkins was newly pregnant. Note, the Hopkins did not receive reproductive permission. Investigator recommends a posthumous fine. Everything made of glass has been shattered. Every mirror, every window, anything that reflects or magnifies. The significance of this is not yet known. Perpetrators exited back out their tunnel, taking the Hopkins with them. Scratch marks and remains of fingernails imply that Mr. Hopkins was still alive when they took him away the significance of this uh mister uh sir
10: i found this in the hole it's
11: a rock it
7: kind of looks like an... it
11: also looks like a rock
7: then why are you keeping it
11: In conclusion, the record should show that Mr. Hopkins killed his wife for having an affair, he died trying to evade street-safe agents both bodies were disposed of in the usual way. Finish up. There are new tenants ready to move in.
10: What was that?
7: You know, ants can lift ten times their own body weight.
10: Why don't we dig a little faster?
4: Remember, dear listener, do not feed the moles. As Sandy and Clay complete their night's work, Nathan Rourke makes his way through the city to his home. He creeps carefully, quietly through the small apartment he shares with his mother.
1: Ow! I heard that. Sorry, Mom. Just go to bed. We'll talk about it in the morning.
4: And so he does. When he finally wakes, hours later, he keeps his eyes shut, not ready yet to face his mother's ire.
1: Good afternoon, sleepyhead. I know you're up, your eyes moved. Uh, I was starting to think you'd become nocturnal and I'd given birth to a mole man. uh, I saved a breakfast pill for you. They had blueberry muffin flavor this time. Hmm. Late night. Hmm. You could have sent a wire to let me know where you were. You know I worry. I was hanging
5: out with Edmar.
1: I heard he got that job with forms and files. Mom. I'm just saying, he deserves it. He played by the rules. Don't start. It's way too early. You've got to learn to jump through the hoops to get ahead. If you don't find a job soon, they'll send you to the putrescible waste fields for the rest of your life. It's
5: not a job. It's a punishment.
1: You've got to do something with your life. I passed every exam. Not every exam. The
5: identity variance test is unfair.
1: Who said life was fair? You always make things so hard on yourself.
5: I'm headed out. Where? Out. I
1: don't think so. You're not going anywhere unless you're bringing your employment card with you. You are weeks overdue. If you don't find an assignment, then they'll find one for you. I have it. You think I'm stupid. No, Mom. You think I'm just your stupid mother with her stupid corporate job. But I wasn't always just a security guard. I don't like the kind of people you hang around with.
5: I know what I'm doing.
1: You have no idea what you're doing. You're walking with a limp. Did you think I wouldn't notice? Whatever you're into, it's bad enough that you want to hide it from me, and dangerous enough that you're getting hurt doing it. And if your stupid mother can figure that out, how much do you think the corporate compliance department knows about you? I, I... You're mad at the company, and you want to change the world. I get it, I do. I felt that way when I was your age. And your father felt that way. If he were here, he'd tell you it's not worth it. You keep on like this, and you're going to end up like him.
5: I won't promise.
1: You need heart life a lot more than heart life needs you. Life will be a whole lot easier if you just accept that and play by their rules.
5: I'll be careful.
1: You'll be dead.
4: And so, sullen and sleep deprived as teenagers have been throughout history, Nathan walks to that public service so essential to the policies of heart life, his local people mover station, as the train glides gracefully into the station. Despite the early hour and his promise to his mother, his destination is a drinking establishment called Al's Bar, where he intends to meet his dubious friends for untold mischief. But any trouble they might have stirred up pales in comparison to what happened instead. Little does Nathan know that the same train he is boarding carries another passenger familiar to you, faithful listener... Mighty, Neil Henderson, his shovel in hand, his mysterious contraband cylinder secreted in his waders.
5: Are you one of the fellas I'm supposed to meet? What? No. Ugh, what smells. Still, I washed and everything. Your boots, they're... you're a PWC, aren't you? Not anymore. Retired. Recently. I am just minding my own business, and I suggest you do the same unless you want a face full of Betsy. Are you propositioning me? This is Betsy. Sir, that's a shovel. I know that, so mind your own before Betsy takes a bite out of your face. No offense, man. Jeez.
12: I worked really hard on it. It works, too. See? You gotta let me hang out with you guys. Take it up with the dean, Andrew. Admissions are his department. But he makes me retake the entrance exam every time. Academic merit is important to our venerable institution. The entrance exam is drinking a pint of lubricant without vomiting.
6: Well, my boy, you failed each time, I'm afraid.
12: It's poison! How did you finish it?
6: Me? Oh, don't look at me. My entrance exam was true or false.
5: Excuse me,
11: boring science people. Ugh, a lay person. Now, now, we need their patronage, Professor. It's not all about pure research, you know. Running an organization like ours is a business,
6: too.
9: Very well. Sheriff, see what you'll want.
6: Right, sir. Welcome, my friend, to our weekly science fair. Our specials of the day are Francium and Potassium, and our seasonal offering is a fine lycopodium powder. We're out of magnesium and insulated copper wire. May I take your order? Potassium? (laughs) Hell yeah. I'm not with them, and I am not here to shop.
5: I'm looking for an appraisal. Maybe to sell.
6: Above my pay grade, talk to the dean.
5: Well, dean, I... The dean. Right. Well, the dean, let me show you what I got. (laughs) Whoa, I'm not that kind of
11: doctor, you know.
5: What? No, I just want to show you this thing. (laughs) A turd? A tube. He looks like a turd. It also looks like a tube, okay? Hush,
11: both of you. Mm.
4: Professor? Right. Cylindrical.
12: 20 centimeters in length. High carbon steel pressure clamps. This is a class 5 containment tube. Oh, it beeped. Yeah, it does that. Right. So,
5: class 5 eh? (laughs) Nice.
11: Pretty nice. You must be joking. Class 5 tubes are reserved for the deadliest infectious diseases. We should all have hazmat suits on.
12: No way to know for sure without opening it up. Which I could try. No.
11: We don't want to be anywhere near this when it cracks open. There could be rat flu in there. But I'm so curious. No. We are unable to assist you at this time.
4: But,
6: uh.
11: Oh! Ah!
6: And we'll be relocating our science fair immediately. Thank you again for shopping at the science fair. We wish you the best fortune in lab safety and hope you come again. Not now, Jareth. We're leaving.
12: Hey, wait, you, you guys. I want to do science with you.
6: Scram, kid.
5: Oh, man. I know what's inside. Yeah, and I smell like hot cocoa on a cold morning. I've seen it before. I know where it came from. Uh, uh, it beeps. On the hour, every hour. You might have guessed that. But I didn't. Uh, Two days ago, I was on level 10 in a sealed corporate lab, stealing something unrelated, and I saw that containment tube on a desk. So what's inside? Well, the scientist who had it is a biologist. I think she was doing research. ...into genetic engineering? The tube contains a sample of some very advanced, very expensive, genetically engineered... ...tissue, or seeds, or whatever. I I don't know, I'm not a scientist. Well then how did it end up in my putrescible waste field? I'm not sure. Uh, But I know someone who will want it back. Someone willing to pay a lot of money, I bet. Remarkably, that is exactly what I'm in need of at the moment. I think we can do business. A partnership? If you know where to find this person, why not? Uh, okay, tomorrow night, meet me at Al's bar.
12: I have to make a few calls. Okay, I'm in too. You're still here? Yeah, I've been here the whole time. Ah,
5: jeez, he knows too much.
12: No, I don't, we have to get rid of him. Well, okay.
5: This is your stop! Sorry about this.
0: Oh dear. That's no way to exit a moving train, my boy. You've got to hold your arms out like a barrel, and then roll away from the tracks. Who are you?
4: While Neil Henderson and Nathan Rourke scheme and plot together, noble forces from Heartlife's Finest are already at work trying to reclaim the company's property. We bring you now to the utilitarian office of Vice President Edward Davenport. Although technically above ground, the room's location on the interior of the tower precludes windows. Natural light, or it would seem, cheer or happiness of any kind from entering. One single light swings overhead. Seated across from him is Mr. George Chamberlain, Special Investigator, lean and restless, perched
0: on a metal chair. Chamberlain, George, Special Investigator, Policy number 5643. Do you blink? No. Could you? You're freaking me out a little. Certainly. (sighs) Ugh, take it back. It's worse when you do. I know. We'll make this quick, then. A containment tube belonging to a top-secret corporate lab has been stolen. Did our brilliant scientists check the last place they left it? You're funny. No. No. The lab was tossed. Only two things were taken. A basic medical textbook and a Class 5 containment tube. It didn't even trip the sensors when it was taken. Through the garbage chutes? You're close. You familiar with how putrescible waste is processed? They flushed the thing? Bingo. And we have reason to believe that a PWC named Henderson just picked the thing up and walked off with it. He hasn't reported to work. I
11: can eliminate him and get you your containment tube by this afternoon. Should I wear
0: a radiation suit? Henderson is not our target. Whoever flushed this thing planned to recover it, and they're far more dangerous than a schmuck who just found it. Tail Henderson in the tube until someone makes a move. Find that person and do a standard clean-up-up. Oh, and uh, one other thing. You're going to have help. I work alone. Not today you don't. Henderson's found himself a business partner. Some punk kid named Nathan Rourke. Rourke's mother works with Street Safe. She'll know where to find him. You can't be serious. She used to work in the field. A hundred years ago? I wouldn't say that to her face if I were you. She's on her way now. I'm not too worried. I'm sure the walker slows her down some. Plain nice, Chamberlain. Ah, Mrs. Rourke, please sit down. Thank you.
1: What is this about, please?
0: You're not in any trouble, Mrs. Rourke. You can relax.
1: Oh, I... thank you. The sign on the door...
0: We get that all the time, ma'am. Sorry for the confusion. M-U-R-D-E-R is actually an acronym for our department. An unfortunate coincidence. Stands for Municipal Union for the Restructuring of Districts. Uh, excavation records. Yeah, nothing sinister, I assure you. All right... I'm Edward Davenport. Uh, Mr. Chamberlain is my associate here. And now I have met you. Mrs. Rourke, we're here about your son. Oh? Elizabeth. May I call you Elizabeth? Are you aware that young Nathan hasn't reported for his work assignment even once?
1: Why, no, I'm
0: sure there's some mistake. You and I both know better. We've been keeping track of your activities at work. You've been watching your son on the corporation's equipment and on the corporation's time. Which I can overlook, provided you help us. Right now, Nathan is in the company of a criminal named Henderson. They are trying to sell a piece of contraband. I can't go into too much detail, but the item they are carrying is extremely dangerous to your son. Not only is it a potential biohazard, but there are those who would kill him without a thought to get their hands on it.
1: Why are you telling me all of this? We're
0: having a hard time predicting your son's movements. That sounds like him. But you know his habits better than anyone. We need you to go in the field with Agent Chamberlain and find him before anything happens.
13: You mean
1: anything other than what you'll do to him?
0: Elizabeth, we are doing this for your son's sake. His safety is our top priority.
1: You and I both know better. I read the sign on the door.
0: Mr. Chamberlain will be going out to find your son one way or another. When that happens. It will. Do you want to be there or not? We're giving you a choice.
1: I'll go with you. But if you do anything to hurt him, I swear.
0: Whatever. Let's go.
4: And so the unlikely pair sets forth into the underbelly of our fair city to locate our alliterative vagabonds, Neil and Nathan. Let us descend with them away from the lofty tower and into the city below to comfortable sea deck, to the famous watering hole known as Al's Bar. Everyone knows Al's Bar is the only place to keep your business your business, and attracts such varied clientele that George Chamberlain and Elizabeth Rourke barely stand out.
1: I promise Mr. Chamberlain this is where he'll be. He spends enough of my credits here that I should know.
4: The unlikely couple make their way to the end of the bar farthest from the door. The bar's tables are populated by a smattering of pleasant-looking people. A corporate copy boy here, a food pill processor there, all of them chattering over glasses of clear liquid.
1: Where are they?
4: Your
11: son is not due for another 136 seconds.
1: You use a pocket recorder?
11: Location. Al's Bar, C-Deck. Subjects, Neil Henderson. Do you have to
1: do that right now?
11: Nathan Rourke. Investigator, George Chamberlain. <clears throat> also investigating, Elizabeth Rourke. Usual patron types are present. Estimated arrival of target, 68 seconds.
1: My son is not a subject. He is a policy, and I may be here with you, but I'm not exactly a willing associate.
11: No one pointed a gun at your head. I was there. I would have noticed something like that.
1: It was
9: there.
11: They approach.
5: What are they talking about?
11: I believe they are discussing the contraband in question.
1: He looks awfully young for this crowd.
11: Be right, Thank you, Captain, for sure. listen.
5: Hey, kid, do we have a meeting? Hey, I don't call you
1: Pooh Pants. You
5: don't call me kid, got it? But you do call me Pooh Pants. I don't care, I'm not a kid. Okay, Nathan, do we have a meeting? Don't use my name either. From now on, you may refer to me as your associate or your representative, but leave my name out of it. Hey, my associate, if you would like to continue your day without a shovel-shaped dent in your ass, I recommend you get on with telling me whether we have a meeting or not. Okay, okay, keep your waiters on. I was able to reach the scientist whose lab I visited. Won't she know you stole it? And She didn't see me. And anyway, I didn't steal it. Someone else must have. After I left. What do you think we can get for it? I... I got this girl, understand? Enough to make her very happy. Just leave it all to me. Is the containment tube safe? I left it with someone I trust. She will keep it safe. Fine. Don't tell me where it is. I don't want to know in case we get caught. Okay, then. What are you doing? I'm going with you. What? No, buddy. I don't think you understand how this kind of business goes down. It's not really your speed. No offense. You are not my buddy, and I will be coming. Won't. will. Won't! Will! 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 Will!
10: Will!
12: Will! Fine.
5: But give the waiters a wash first.
11: I did. Wait five seconds, then exit casually with me.
1: I've tailed a suspect before. I know how it's done.
11: We're not tailing them. We're going to pay a visit to the relations technicians. What? They don't have the item in question. I know where they've hidden it. Neil Henderson has a known associate.
4: And so, the pair of sleuths depart in pursuit of their quarry. But let us linger a moment longer at Al's. Not for the ambiance, dear listener, nor the fine refreshments which Hot Life serves there, but for the conversation. Specifically, one surreptitious conversation in a quiet corner overlooked by all but your most diligent narrator while compiling these true dramatizations.
12: Hi! Hi! Hi. I'm Andrew. Nice to meet you. Sit down.
8: Aw, that's sweet. I'm actually meeting someone. Yeah, that's me. Please
12: sit. The wind is in the west. You're Dr. West? You're not what I expected. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. I work for Dr. West. First day on the job. Anyway, he told me to get the thing before I give you the money.
8: You're carrying the money with you? Why? Uh... No reason. I'm just really surprised you survived this long. Me too. I've got the thing here.
12: Huh? What? I saw a containment tube just like this a few days ago. They're pretty rare, I think. Say, hey, maybe it's the same one. Did you get this off a kid in a PWC?
8: No, I don't know anyone like that.
12: Are you sure? You'd remember this guy. I mean, he talked funny, he smelled terrible, and he kept talking about a girl named Bitsy. I, I think it's his shot. I said
8: I don't know him, all right?
12: Oh, okay then. This bag has all the money in Sorry. it. Sorry, it's all there. Do you want to count it?
8: Idiot. I'm trying to keep a low profile here, so shut up. Slide me the bag under the table and don't talk loudly about the significant sum of illegal black market currency you're carrying.
12: Sorry, you don't have to call me an idiot.
8: Just trying not to get us killed, okay? Now, what about the other part of my compensation?
12: Uh, slight problem there. What do you mean? Well, you're all set. You'll be automatically erased from all corporate records at the end of the show. But The other person, Neil, he's been tagged as a person of interest in the database. We can't erase him. Ah.
8: That was the deal, Pipsqueak.
12: I, I know, but it's not my
8: fault. Then whose fault is it? His. I guess. I don't know. People are staring. <coughs> you may have a point. I told him to keep a low profile. Ugh. He can't do anything right. What will you do? I'll go without him. The deal is still on.
12: You won't have a residence assignment or a food allotment or anything. Let
8: me worry about that. If I told you my plans, I wouldn't really be disappearing, would I?
12: Guess that makes sense.
8: Anyway, are we done here?
12: Yep. Dr. West said I should wish you luck in your new life.
4: Dear listener, you have heard it for yourself. With a furtive handoff and a single glance over her shoulder, Alison has sold the precious containment tube, betraying the trust of her erstwhile odoriferous paramour as well as the company that provided for her throughout her life in one swoop. Why she did it is beyond the speculation of your humble narrator. But regardless... Her sale of the lost containment tube remains a secret to Neil and Nathan as we rejoin them on each deck at the rough-hewn end of an unfinished tunnel. This far from civilization, the ear strains against the silence, probing for any sound of breath or footfall that would betray another human presence, or for any sound of scraping or chittering that would accompany perhaps something inhuman. Neil and Nathan, however, have come too far to turn back now.
5: You better not screw this up. I won't. I don't like you. Oh, no. And I don't trust you. No, you're not as dumb as you smell. I know you're a smartass and we're all very impressed, but can you set aside your little jokes for one minute. This containment tube is my ticket to a fresh start with the love of my life, and I will not blow it on your account. Relax. I've got it. Well, that's reassuring. We're almost there. Try to act natural. She was only expecting one of us. You didn't tell her I was coming? Well, I didn't know you'd be here. I don't trust you. Yeah, I got it. Just let me do the talking, okay? Fine. Fine.
13: Excellent.
5: What did you call me?
13: Ah, you're here. I thought you'd be alone. Do you have the containment tube with you? Ha! Of course not. No, of course not. And who are you, so pungent and so brash?
5: He's a business associate. His name is not important.
13: He was not invited.
5: Beg your pardon, ma'am, but talk like that might make a fella feel unwelcome. Neil's the name. Damn it, Neil. I said no names. Dr. Caligari.
13: A pleasure, Neil.
5: I'm sorry Nathan here didn't- No names! I'm sorry, Nathan didn't let you know I'd be coming along, but the containment tube belongs to me, and I'm not about to- Will you shut up already?
13: I thought Mr. Henderson was doing quite well. I would appreciate it, Dr. If- Mm.
5: I don't remember offering you my last name.
13: Somewhat unnerving, is it not? Now, can we please dispense with the misguided cloak and dagger routine and get down to business? You, Neil Henderson, found a containment tube in a pile of putrescible waste and now you wish to sell the item. Do you know what is inside?
5: No. Damn it, Neil! Stop telling her stuff! She knows everything anyway! So what's this thing worth to you?
13: It will be difficult for me to assess the value of the item without first examining it. If it is damaged, it is worthless. Might we adjourn to its present location so that I can name an appropriate figure?
5: I am afraid that won't be possible, Doctor. A third party has taken it to a safe location. Even I don't know where it is.
13: But Neil knows. Uh, well... Ah! It's with Allison. Incidentally, since you brought Neil along, now she is technically a fourth party. Don't try to sound smart.
5: You stay the hell away from Allison! If anything happens to her, I'll kill you! Neil! What he means, Dr. Caligari, ma'am, is that we would prefer to meet another time on neutral ground. We'll bring the tube next time, it'll be fine.
13: Do that. (laughs) And I suggest you both be on your best behavior next time. What was that? You tipped her
5: hand! She already knew everything! And you threatened her! I don't trust her! You don't trust anyone! I trust Allison! I certainly hope so. She's got our meal ticket. She'll keep it safe. She better, because Caligari knew where we'd hit it. If she can find out, maybe others can. We've got to go to her. She's not safe, come on! Oh! Oh! Now,
12: wait up!
4: And so our heroes dash off to rescue Neil's beloved Allison. But what they don't know might kill them. For recall, dear listener, that the stoic and violence prone Agent George Chamberlain has a head start on them.
1: you agents have access codes to every door in the tunnels?
11: Yes. Why do you ask?
1: (laughs) No reason. What are we looking for?
11: You are standing in the doorway. You are not touching anything at all. You will let me conduct the search.
1: I'm just glad to help. I will stand here obediently.
11: It's not in the sofa.
1: I will let you conduct the search
11: not in the closet.
1: I hope I will be letting you conduct cleaning up this mess, too.
11: It's not under the bed.
1: I will stand here annoying you until you let me help.
11: Fine! Fine. Help me look. It's a containment tube. Yay big.
1: Okay. What about this?
11: Al's Nine. She wrote this. Al's Nine. Damn! She has it with her. Damn! She has it with
1: her. We were just there.
11: We just missed her. She won't be there long. We may be able to catch her.
1: She has too much of a head start. But if we go up into the tower, my surveillance station isn't far. We can find her at Al's and track her on the cameras. (sighs)
11: I see no other choice.
5: Allison? Hello? I take it this place doesn't normally look ransacked. Not usually, no. Wait, what are those? They look like bullet holes. Allison! The tube! Where is, she? Where, Where, is is Where is it? Where is it? It has room, to be, be here. Room, the bed, Come on. she isn't here. I'm aware of that, Neil. Where's the containment tube? What if she's hurt, or or, or dead, or worse? If she was, there'd be blood or something. She probably wasn't even here when all of this happened. Right. 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 She's smart. She she probably got away. Now, the containment tube. The, the tube. The tube. Uh, uh the closet. Uh, I should check to see if it's there. You think? It's gone. What? The canister, it's not here. Are you sure? Let me see. First they took the canister, then they took Allison. Who took her? But they! Them! The, the, they who do things. Right, okay, we need a plan. Maybe if I go to Dr. Caligari and explain things? Ugh. Uh, where, wait, wait. Where, where are you going? To rescue Allison. Where? From who? Anywhere, from anyone! Just, just stop and let me think for a minute. There was a camera outside. Does it look like it's working? the red lighting thing good or bad? Good. It's recording. In the morning, we can go to my mom's street safe office so I can hack into her computer and check the footage. We don't have until morning. Allison needs us now. But we can't very well go now unless you want to break into a closed street safe office. All right, let's do that then. What? No, it's above ground. You can't just break into the tower, that's crazy. Love makes us all crazy sooner or later. But, but, but we don't have a cover story plan anything Neil Neil
4: and so the ill-fated duo sprint their way through the tunnels to reach the tower they had to hotwire an elevator and incapacitate an innocent security guard sorry about this and finally they find themselves at the door to Elizabeth Rourke's security console
5: how do you know no one's in there? The lights are off. What are they doing? Sitting alone in the dark? It'll only take a minute to pick the lock. My way faster! Oh, and what's your way? See? Faster. So much for quiet and subtlety. I'll get the lights. No, don't. They might tip someone off. What, so we just grope around in the dark? Trust me, this way is safer, more covert. Ow! Oh! What was that? Never mind. Oh, I found the desk. Okay, now let's see. Computer on, and we're in. Now let's see. Sector alpha, hallway 12. 13. Right, 13. Camera. What the? What? What is it? Did you find her? With the surveillance footage, It's it's been deleted. Are you sure? Maybe if you typed a little harder. It's gone. All of it. Someone wiped the entire sector. What do we do? Uh, We need to go talk to Kalakari.
11: If someone with that kind of clearance is after this thing, then... Where'd you come from? I've been here the whole time. Sitting alone. In the dark.
9: You're
5: with street safe?
11: Not quite.
5: Is that a gun? Kid, look out! Hmm. You blocked those bullets with your shovel. Can't everybody?
11: Well... That makes
5: things interesting. Um, he's reloading. Oh no, he's not. Ugh. Ugh. Now where is Allison? Now ask him where the containment unit is.
1: I got another juice box for you, Mr. Chamberlain. Nathan.
11: Mom? Ma'am?
1: Nathan, what's going on here? It's um, it's a long
11: story and a welcome distraction. <laughs> ah! ah.
5: Hmm. Go get him, Neil. I got your back.
1: Nathan, no. I forbid you from fighting an agent of M-U-R-D-E-R.
5: He's with murder? Oh, man, I can't wait to tell those lightning riggers about this.
1: What was that? Nothing.
5: Fella, you let Betsy go right now, or you and me are gonna have a serious problem.
11: Well, we can't have that.
5: No! (laughs) Betsy! Stop! Stop! We're over 100 feet up! Hold on, girl! I'm coming for you! Neil! It's just a shovel.
1: Nathaniel Everett Rourke, what have you been getting yourself into? You are grounded for the rest of your natural life the moment we get home.
9: Mom, not in front of the murder
11: agent.
1: Right. Mr. Chamberlain, I believe you're done here.
11: I'm afraid not, Mrs. Rourke. What? I'm going to have to take Nathan in for a few questions. Officially. Young Mr. Rort, what do you know about our data extraction program?
1: But... but he's safe. His associate is gone. And they don't have the containment tube anymore. It's done.
11: It was done. However, your son mentioned someone else. Someone the corporation has a great interest in. Someone who was supposed to be dead. Mom, what's he talking about?
1: You're not taking my son.
11: Please... Be reasonable, Mrs. Rourke.
1: You're not taking my... Mom? Nathan?
11: Let the record show. I tried. Now, young Mr. Rourke, we are going to have a little conversation about your friend, Dr. Caligari.
4: With that, the plot has tied itself up neatly for our dear Mr. Rourke. No longer alone and friendless, he finds himself held firmly in the arms of the company, just one policy among thousands lovingly served by the Heart Life Corporation. But this is only the beginning, loyal listener. There is much left to tell as the story of our fair city continues.
10: All people. Hello? Anyone in here? Preferably with the correct number of legs? It's safe to come in.
7: I know. Ah!
10: Sandy, I told you to wait outside.
7: Why, Clay? What did you think was in here?
10: Oh, uh, well, th- nothing.
7: Uh-huh. Go on. Say it. I believe in ant people.
10: I don't know what you're talking about.
7: Okay. Hey, is that hole eight feet in diameter? What? Where? <laughs> oh,
10: that's not funny.
7: It's a little funny.
10: Let's get to work. We gotta get this clean before- Oh! oh!
7: Ah! Ah! Is she... Is she dead?
10: I... I don't know. Do people normally have big holes in them? What am I, an
7: expert on people anatomy?
10: Her snout is dry. That's bad, right?
7: Tap her whiskers.
10: No response. We've lost her.
7: Poor person.
10: So, do we just clean around the body?
7: We need to tell someone. Uh, Who? The Overseer. People that? Someone! And soon too! Or else.
10: Or else what?
7: There are these people. They steal bodies and do horrible experiments to bring them back as. The Woken Dead.
10: (laughs) It's true! (laughs) Stop laughing! Let me guess, let me guess. Old Silty told you that.
7: Me and Pete both. I
10: can't believe you bought that. I mean, Pete, of course. Pete believes it. Pete's an idiot.
7: Pete is not an idiot.
10: Pete's an idiot.
7: Well, he may be an idiot, but at least he's smart enough to ask me out when he's got the chance. Uh
10: Uh-huh. Uh, Good one, Sandy. Sandy? You're joking, right? Right? Sandy, wait. Wait up. Uh, Oh, Oh, sorry about
0: that. Oh, uh, don't mention it. Completely my fault. I wasn't looking where I was going. Here, uh, let me help you up. Too kind. Thank you. Well, must be off. Uh, Sir, your bag. Oh, oh my. (laughs) Thank you. I swear, I'd forget my head if it wasn't sewn on. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. Listen, I have Yes, yes, of course. Don't let me keep you.
10: Sandy! Wait up. You didn't say yes to him, did you?
0: What a nice young mole. Reanimator! Hello? Anyone in- (gasps) Oh, Christmas! A body.
8: Loyal Policies, this is HeartLife Company Manager
13: Betsy Palmer.
8: I want to take a moment and thank you for listening to Season 1 of Our Fair City. If you haven't already, the best way to hear the rest of Our Fair City is to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting service. You can also follow Our Fair City on Facebook at facebook.com slash ourfaircityradio, on Twitter at OFC Radio, and get behind-the-scenes info and updates at facebook.com heartlifenfp. Thank you again, and as always, we'll see you in the tunnels.
2: That was Our Fair City Season 1, remastered uh, by Geoffrey Gardner. So that's it for this week. See you next week, and don't forget, Biff Straker Episode 2 on Friday. Goodbye. (laughs) The Sonic Society is written and produced by Jack J. Ward and David Ott, with original music provided by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society through Creative Commons licensing. The Sonic Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada.
14: This has been an Electric Vicuna production.
2: Somewhere in the lush pastures just
5: outside
9: the Mutual Audio Network building. We're staying away again in Mad Doggeritaville. Lothar, give me the bottle. No. Now!
14: No. Jack said we had to do this.
9: For the AD community.
14: Hey, Jan, we got your text. Hey, yeah, what's up? You said Brother Lothar needed us?
9: Thanks, Jeff. Jack, uh. Yeah, Lothar. He's. well, really wasted. And he won't stop drinking. I think this one's going to take all three of us. Well,
14: I know he likes his cocktails, but isn't this dog a bit early, even low, for him? And why and is he singing oh, about Mad Dog 2020? Oh, oh. Jan,
0: what's this about?
9: Lothar overheard you talking about Mad Con 2020, and, mad well, the he misheard. Oh, oh. Wait. Are you saying that? Yeah, he thought you said there would be three days of Mad Dog 2020, not three days of Mad Con in 2020. And he's like been drinking like that swill ever since.
2: Getting out in the rain.
9: Oh, let me talk to him. Thanks. I tried to tell him, but I think that stuff's already rotted what's left of his brain. Here,
2: I'll take one for the team. <laughs> hey, brother. Hey, Jeff. You here for some Mad Dog 2020? Um, yeah,
14: but, uh, they were out at the store. Can I have a swig off yours? Of course, brother. Lothar, you shouldn't be drinking that. I'm not. <laughs> Jeff is. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, look, you heard us talking about Mad Dash Con 2020, not Mad Dog 2020. Uh, what's your bucket? Oh. Oh, oh, this stuff is almost as bad as Ripple. Mad Dash Con. The modern audio drama convention. It's the first convention of its kind, and it'll occur in 2020. A convention? Yes, yes. Producers, directors, writers, editors, composers, actors, and and fans of audio drama are going to come from all over to Halifax, Nova Scotia for the weekend of July 24th to the 26th of 2020. We have all sorts of things scheduled. We have recording sessions and workshops, panels, and the opportunity for folks, fans, and creators alike to meet in person. www.mad-con.com That's mad-con.com has all the details, including how to register.
2: That's... That was a really cool idea, man. Ah, that's much better than drinking this stuff. Oh, God, I've only had three sips and I'm not sure I can feel my face.
9: Oh. Come on, honey, let's get you back inside. Thanks, guys. No problem, Lady Jan.
14: We're not gonna let him live this one down anytime soon, are
9: we? Oh, I should think not. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Remember to listen and drink responsibly, listeners. Mad Dash Con 2020. Not to be confused with any kind of fortified wine.
9: Oh. Amigos!